Welcome to WeRDB. I am Brenton, joined as always by the lovely Danielle. That's me. And thanks again for joining us this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 31 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world, is The Usual Suspects. Released in 1995, The Usual Suspects is a neo-noir mystery film starring Gabrielle Byrne, Stephen Baldwin, Kevin Pollock, Benicio Del Toro, and Kevin Spacey as the five main career criminals. Based on an original screenplay by Christopher McQuarrie, the movie is produced and directed by Brian Singer. Now, I don't know if you remember, but Christopher McQuarrie is most known for directing and writing the most recent Mission Impossible movies, which I think are really okay. good. I think he completely revamped that series. I really quite like the new Mission Impossible movies, and he's behind those. Hmm. And I think that he wrote this back in 95. Um, and mm. Brian Singer, his most recent one at the time of this recording was Bohemian Rhapsody last year. Oh. And he also... Bit of a um, switch. Yeah, he's also done a lot of the X-Men movies, both original and the, the reboot sort of ones. Again, a variety of genres. Yeah, it's an interesting there. sort of uh, career yeah. he's got. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christopher McQuarrie actually got the Oscar for the best original screenplay for this. Oh, really? Yeah, so good for him. <laughs> it's original yeah. screenplay. I mean, it was good. I can see why, uh, but I also think there have been things better, so maybe there wasn't... I don't know what the selection was that year, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I know that this was the same year as Seven. Mm-hmm. I don't have a hell of a lot to say about this because I don't think a hell of a lot actually happens. I mean, it does, but as a whole, I have seen this before, years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember a thing about it except the twist ending, which there is a bit of a twist ending, so we'll be avoiding that. I personally think this is a bit of a so-so movie. Like, it was fine. I enjoyed it. It's only like an hour and a half long, but I think it probably doesn't deserve to be like number 30 on the all-time list. It was... It was okay. Like, I appreciated that it was quite easy to follow. And I say that because, like, I don't mean, oh, I'm such a dunce, you know, I need to have it spelled out for me every time I watch a movie. No. But for this particular one, sometimes some of these, you know, noir or true crime sort of thriller movies, like, move around a ton. So I appreciated that this one didn't really do that. It did in terms of timeline a little bit. A little bit, but it was easy to follow. Yeah, and that was nice because there is some twists in there. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't so easy to follow, they probably would have been lost on the audience. Well, especially since there's five main characters, um, I feel like it needs to be fairly easy to follow. Otherwise, people will just get lost and tune out pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. I'm drawing some comparisons here. So in terms of that, I'm thinking of, like, Ocean's Eleven. Like, yeah. if they didn't pretty well line it up for you, you wouldn't have a freaking clue what's going on, which is exactly what happened in The Godfather. You know what yeah. I mean? And also, I naturally made some comparisons between this and Seven because of As Kevin Spacey's characters in both of those movies. And I think I said this to you. I'm like, he plays a good psychopath. He's always played a great villain, and we spoke about yeah. that more in that episode. I feel like he's one of those guys who, at the time, you would have 
been kind of like, are you someone I really want to get to know? Because you're so good at playing these people who are just snaky. Yeah. He seems like a weird dude. Yeah. Um, And I mean, there's been some news about him lately, so I don't know if he's one of those you want to get to know really well. Anyway, but I'm just saying like, it's always been fascinating to me to think about, you know, you think about actors who are kind of chameleons or even those who get typecast into these kind of really dark roles. It kind of makes you wonder about what it would be like to actually get to know them because it's like, if you can play this, how much do you actually like this? Which we actually spoke about quite a bit when we had Mike Petchy on to do the episode on Seven. And if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that, that's a great episode. I believe it's episode 20, I think it is. Mm. Um, Go listen to the episode on Seven. Uh, Mm. I think it's completely natural to make a comparison between this and Seven for, obviously, the Kevin Spacey character. They came out within, like, a week of each other. Like, they were so close in the year of 95. And they're both going for that neo-noir mystery crime Mm. movie which i don't know how common that was in the mid 90s but i like when they try to do this Mm. um i think that seven did it better i think seven's a much better film not shitting on this one but it's fine for a variety of reasons they're different also this movie could be called like smoking the movie because like there's not a single scene where someone's not smoking asking for a cigarette asking for a light you're in the intensive care burns unit of a hospital. Like, fucking put it out, how about? Every you know what scene I mean? has, like, I didn't, yeah. it really jumped out at me. It's like, oh, this is a noir crime film. The cops have to have suspenders and everyone has to have cigarettes. That's pretty much yeah. what they were going for here. I think I appreciated, did I like this one? Yeah, I did. Would I see it again? Yeah, maybe. Was it exhilarating? Not so much. Was it captivating? A little bit. Like, it was fine. It was like, did you like it? Yes. Did you love it? No. No. See, I, much as I, like, hate it, I loved Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because it grabs you, and it's so dark. Seven's on this another is just, level. It is. This is just, this is fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. I, I honestly don't have too much to say about it. I would have liked to have seen them flesh out Dean Keaton's character a little more, because they were talking about him. As if he was, like... Well, you don't understand why the police want to get him so much. They don't go into that a whole lot. Well, they explain his history a fair bit just in dialogue and conversation. And he does seem like a guy you do not want to mess with. Um, But yeah, I would like to have fleshed that out. That said, I felt like I didn't understand him. Yeah. I did not get that as a character when you first see him. When they're first in the lineup, he doesn't come across as that. And you only experience that badassness that this character has through the dialogue with the cops or telling him what his backstory is, what his MO mm. is. I didn't really feel that from this character at all. Like, No. Yeah, I don't know. Um, is there anything else broad you'd like to say? Because we should probably get straight into spoilers with this one. I think this would have made a good book. More than a movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's an interesting take. It, this seems like a movie that's been adapted from a book, but not too well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting call. You're probably right there. Yeah. I mean, this is beloved. I've seen quotes for this and references to this for years, and I don't really get it. I mean, it's perfectly fine, but I don't don't know. I don't don't think that it's a classic or anything like that. There's a million people in this movie. Holy shit, there's a lot of actors in this that I'm like, oh, fuck, I've seen that guy before and this guy, and before this guy was big, and this guy's great in this, and Mm. there's a lot of people, so... 
Like, even the five main characters, like, they're pretty big actors. Mm. I would consider, anyway. Would you like to get into the spoiler on this? Sure. Because, much like Seven, there is a bit of a twist ending. And I don't think that this movie is good at all without that ending. I think the entire thing is written just for the twist ending. For that reveal. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I was looking... Can I say something, too? Did you see it coming? I'll tell you what I thought. And again, drawing comparisons to Seven. I figured that whoever shot Keaton was Kevin Spacey's character because it looked like Kevin Spacey's build. And I knew that because of seeing him, he wore very similar stuff when he was running down the stairs in Seven. So I'm like, oh, that's a good that point, be, yeah. Right? So that kind of gave it away. There is a scene where he's wearing like the trench coat and the hat, you know? Yeah. Um, there is a shot in this where you can see his silhouette and it kind of looks yeah. like him. He's got it, like, it's the shape of his head and where his ears sit. And then the, the movie started progressing, like, oh, it's probably not him. Like, that was my immediate thought before I even saw anything, any of the plot, met any of the characters. So you didn't see the ending coming? <sighs> no. I thought it was somebody. Like, at first I thought maybe it was one of the cops. I never thought it was Keaton. Mm. And then at the end I'm like, oh, so I was right. But, like, on a completely non-plot-related level. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah. Did you like the ending? Yeah. This was the only thing that I remembered from my first watch, is that cool reveal at the end. And I remember Mm. that being the only sort of thing that I I took away from this movie when I watched it ten years ago. Um, So you enjoyed it? As a whole and as a reveal. Yeah, like I said, it's. I think you're right in saying that the reveal made the movie. Yeah, um, if you took this one reveal, this one scene out from it, the movie doesn't stand up on its own at all. And I think every plot point that was written into the screenplay was leading up just to that reveal, which in Seven, it's not. There is a twist in Seven as well, but you probably could have taken that out of there. I love when you can retrospectively go back and be like, oh, shit, you know, like, I, yeah, that clue was there, but I totally missed it. There wasn't any of that in here. That's what I love about twist movies, right? If you Mm. can get a really good twist into a movie, M. Night has his ups and downs, but he can can sometimes really hit the nail on the head with his twists. A Mm. good twist in a movie at the end should make you want to rewatch the entire thing and everything is from a different perspective. And it is a little bit on this, but not really. The twist should no. completely add rewatchability, and it doesn't here. Well, and even there's even things at the beginning. You've got that zoom shot on the pile of ropes and stuff on the boat. I'm like, why is that in there? Because yeah. they wouldn't. I'm like, that's evidently they're foreshadowing something. But what is it? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think they could have taken because this was what an hour and a half. It was an hour and forty. I think it was. It's pretty short. <laughs> That's a very short movie. They could have taken another 30 minutes and fleshed it out a little bit better. I completely agree with that. That's a very good point. I liked the character arc for Verbal slash Kaiser Soze. And I like that character. Even any of the five, they sort of have a good character arc. But they didn't go into it. No, they didn't, though. And they glossed over some stuff and spent too much time on other stuff. Like, it just, it felt like the bones of what could have been a good movie. Yeah. Honestly. It it just seems lukewarm. It really does. Yeah. I feel, I'm imagining this as a book and I could be like, you know, the way it is now as a book could have been great because when you're writing, 
You can put all those things in there. Yeah. Well, that's just it. You have to flesh things out with words, whereas they're actually just showing it in a scene, and so it falls really flat. You know. Mm. Yeah. So. Like, the whole scene at the end with the corkboard. See, I think... That could have been written so amazingly. That could have... It really could have, because I think it f- really falls flat when you're watching it visually. I don't think... He was in there for, what, two hours, they say, that he was before he broke yeah. bail? Oh, actually, no. At the end, he's like, you broke bail, like, fucking half an hour ago. So, it probably, let's say, an hour. He was talking to him, interrogating him. He's able to sit there and look at this board and make up this entire story about this and that and that detail with this character... I think bullshit on that, because some of these fine prints in there, I couldn't even read. (laughs) It seems like a very long shot that this is your awakening moment, this is your reveal. See, and that, like, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that, because, I mean, this guy is supposed to be, like, the guy that you don't want to mess with ever, and... Somebody like that who's so cold-hearted and calculating is going to be psychopathic. Mm. They're incredibly intelligent. Incredibly intelligent. He would have been able to put something together like okay, that. Okay, yeah. I guess the you people know. that you would sort of be in that situation to kind of have like a Rain Man thing going on where you can put all these clues together in a short amount of time if you put on the spot. Well, and it was kind of evident too that he was putting on a certain amount and then he wasn't. And it was interesting because Verbal's character, in the beginning, he is kind of antisocial. You know what I mean? He's missing some cues. And that makes you wonder, I is he putting really it on? I think he's really putting that on, though. However, he, when he becomes more emotional, he loses all of that. And that, to me, is more of him putting it on than him being kind of robotic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a very good point. And that's something that a lot of, I think, psychopaths, too... It's an antisocial personality disorder. You don't know how to do cues, but you know how to act. See, I think that's really interesting that you picked that up from Mm. an actor. This isn't a real Mm. person, but he's portrayed those things and those little things really well so that you can see when he's emit this emotion, he acts this way. Um, This is Kevin Spacey's Mm. first Oscar that he won. So good for him. I think he he deserved it for this. Um, I think he Mm. is acting better here than he is on Seven, and I think he's great in Seven. He has more time, screen time here. He has more depth. Yeah, he really yeah. does. You can you can flesh the character out. Uh, he's the only one that they even try to flesh out, sort of, really. And it's a lot of it's in like hearsay and rumors and shit. But that last scene shows what this character is, what he's capable of. I'm just trying to think. Like I'm saying, they could flesh it out. I don't even know how they would have done it. I know they could have. I'm just sitting here and I'm trying to think of what they could have done. The book would have been a very like, good idea. Yeah, I, th- I think it just, that would have been the better medium for it, for this particular story. Yeah. So, I will agree with you that he obviously is a genius, and he, pro- he probably could come up with that story. I mm. will say, however, there's no way in hell that the cop would have figured it out from two seconds of looking at the board, just as he walked out the door. No. There's no way in hell they would have figured that out. Um, that's purely for the movie. Another thing I noticed that I was kind of like, Hmm, that's kind of a an interesting way of portraying it, is that Verbal's character was talking about how, I don't know if it was him or if it was Keaton, but somebody was saying, you know, they're never going to pin me on it. They, cops think the way they think, they think it's somebody else, they'll find a way to make sure that it proves that it's somebody else. Mm. And that's what the detective did with Keaton. He wrote him into the story the way that it made sense in his head. And then, so he played into it. He's like, oh my God, but he was my friend. Ugh. And he played into it and let him believe he really it. Did, he really did play into it, didn't he? I think that you shit know? happens all the time in the real life too. Yeah, because it's like he made it personal. 
He yeah. didn't like this guy. He keeps saying he's a piece of shit and he deserves to go to jail or, or die or whatever. And so he found a way to make it fit in the story, even though it didn't really fit. And I remember when I was watching that, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Hmm. I believe that the first time that you see these characters in the lineup, we should watch the deleted scenes because they're just messing around with each other. Mm. I'm pretty sure they took that take so many times and by the end they were just goofing around and making each other laugh, which is why they have that reaction. In the last scene. Or in the no, last the very take, first rather. scene. Yeah. And I believe, I don't know who it was, but one of the guys farted, which is why <laughs> they were laughing. I'd have to read that up again, but I've seen a few of the outtakes of this, and I remember it being longer, but I, I might just be thinking of the deleted scenes that I've seen. Mm. Um, it just looks like a fun take to be mm. doing over and over again, reading that stupid line that they do. Um, and that's why Stephen Baldwin's character says it in such a crazy way, like he's a mad dog sort of thing. And that's mm. very much out of character once you get to know his character. If you put that at the end, you'd be like, what the fuck? And yes, mm. he's a hot-headed character, but... He's not kind of like that. He was just having yeah. fun with it. Yeah. Um, so that's your first interaction with that character. And you think, oh, this guy's fucking nuts. And then you actually get to know him a little bit more. And he is a bit, but not quite like he's that. He's just impulsive is all. Yeah. 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 I just thought that was interesting. an interesting scene. Yeah. Because yes. that's become quite an iconic scene, a lineup scene. Um, and maybe because it's for things like that. I could not understand fucking Benicio Del Toro's character through most of this. I don't know what accent he's meant to be doing, but I don't think well, it's his actual accent. And I'm just wondering, like, I heard his name, like, they've dressed him up like he's, like, Cuban or something. Well, he's Puerto Rican. And then he's... He's Puerto Rican, but they've dressed him up... I don't know. And then, He looks yeah, like the guy from got, Scarface. <gasps> well, what, what kind of last name is Fenster? Was it Fenster or Fin... I don't know. It's F-E, Fenster. Okay, yeah. And I'm just like, there's nothing There's nothing Hispanic about that whatsoever. Yeah. Not that I'm meaning to like... Where was um, Fez from, that 70s show? Or they just never say... I never told you. That was the joke. Really? After like nine years or whatever, they never yep. told you? Yeah. Because that guy had a weird accent as well that he put on. Mm. It just reminded me of it, Fenster. <sighs> well, I'm just, I'm not meaning to profile the guy, but I'm just saying like, where are you supposed to be from? I don't know. Yeah. He also didn't look great in this movie. That's something I was thinking. He looked a lot younger than I'm used to. I'm used to him being in, obviously, more modern movies. But he also looked like... like 30 years ago. He had these huge bags under his eyes. Yeah. I'm just like, man, go have a nap. <laughs> have some coffee. Jeez. Well, I I don't really have much else to say. I quite, I quite liked it, but I didn't love it. I probably would never watch it again, and I think it probably doesn't deserve to be in the top 30 I, or yeah. 40 or so, especially without that twist ending. I think it was all just working yeah. towards that. So a great twist should add rewatchability, and I don't think that yeah, does. That, no, because you can look back and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice little yeah. gimmick, but that was pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, it, it was fine. Yeah. I, I neither, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I neither liked it nor disliked it. I didn't mind it, you know? If I just found this flipping through channels and I watched it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that was fun. But to learn that it's like number 31 on the IMDb, I'd be like, mm. oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I suppose, but yeah. all right. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram, and you can comment on SoundCloud or support us on Patreon. 
We've got every episode uncut, unedited, and a week earlier than usual, as well as bonus episodes every month, and polls voting on what you want to hear, honorable mentions, over on WeRDB on Patreon. And until next week, thanks for listening.